At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 We are back. Welcome, man, as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Not only are we back, Carson Wentz is back as the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. He replaced Taylor Heineke late in their loss to the Niners this past weekend. Hasn't played since October because of his finger injury. But now with the playoffs at stake, Carson Wentz, the signal caller for the Commanders, as they host the Browns and Cowboys over the final two weeks of the season. Get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And it's crazy to think, and it's crazy for me to say, I actually think it was a move that the Commanders had to make, Bucky. I think you had to go back. Taylor Heineke got you as far as you needed to go. He was able to man the ship. But realistically, I think that Taylor Heineke was only going to take the commander so far. And Carson Wentz now against a Cleveland team that is beatable and a Cowboys team that uh, who knows what they'll have to play for in the final week of the uh, the season. But you've got a situation here where you can take your investment, you can put it back into place. But ultimately, I think Carson Wentz, if if out of the two, you could pick one or two who's going to take the commanders further, I would go with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I would agree. He's a more talented quarterback. And with more talent, it gives you opportunity to expand the playbook and do more things. We saw the cap on Taylor Heineke. And what happened, Ron Rivera got forced into playing him because the team responded so well. I think they were 5-1-1 one, and one when he first took over. And so you don't want to mess that up when the team was rolling. But now that the team has come back to life and they've lost a handful of games and he's not playing um, at a high level, yeah, you go back to the starter. Because in the offseason, you made a decision. Because Tyler Haneke had played for you before. He had played for you the last couple of years. You know exactly what he was. And in watching him, there was something that compelled the front office to go and get Carson Wentz. So now it's money time. You need to trust the decision that you made in the offseason. 
We're going to put the ball in the hands of Carson Wentz, and we're going to trust that he is going to elevate us and get us into both seats. I remember you and I talking about, I don't know, probably 16 months ago. This was after the Buccaneers. This It was the offseason after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. And the Commanders, I think you had liked the Cowboys. This was last year, but leading into last year. And I liked the, the Commanders to carry over what they did in that game against the Buccaneers. And I thought that it would serve them well. And last season did not. They, they had a, a, rough, a rough season last year. There was no breakthrough for Antonio Gibson. Chase Young ended up getting hurt. It was a bad year for then the said Washington football team. Now they turn as the Commanders. And not, was, uh, not a lot was expected from them. And I think many, including myself, wondered what Carson Wentz would do for that team. But what I think is actually most important, Bucky, are the are the everything that around that Washington has. Like you look at you look at that backfield with Brian Robinson after what he went through and getting shot twice, you know, right before week one. He seems to be a part of that offense. Uh, Antonio Gibson is is figured out his role with that team. But now you see Terry McLaurin being Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuels come out and become a, a heck of a player for them. And then now Jahan Dotson. I mean, each week is making a play that you're saying, wow. Like, this is this is a commander's team that, if on track, would be a team that I would not want to play in the postseason if they make it. Okay. Repeat that. This is not a team that you want to play in the postseason. I just, I just want to fully, of, okay. I just want to fully I, digest everything yes. that you're saying. Think of their weapons. The, that trio of wide receivers that they have, of Dotson, McLaurin, and Samuel. You scared it, of them? I, I think they're very good. And then now you have Chase Young returning, and he may not be the Chase Young of last year. could take mm-hmm. some time. That defensive front is 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 very stout. I'm, I'm just saying, like, the, the, the command, like, Jahan Dotson has made a couple mm-hmm. of plays that are highlight reel plays. And he may emerge at some point, but mm-hmm. we know how good Terry McLaurin is. Good. And as I said, Curtis Samuel has emerged. Now if Carson Wentz can get them the football and figure it out over this last two weeks, I'm not saying they're going to make a Super Bowl run, but this was the reason why I was high on them, and this was before they even had Jahan Dotson oh, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 16 whoa. months ago. Okay, what does so, high on them mean? What does high on them mean? What was the well, expectation? I, I don't think that we had a lot of expectations for them this year, mm-hmm. and I don't think we have a lot of expectations for them now sitting at 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one and barely holding on to that final wild-card spot in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But if they were to draw the Vikings in the uh, wild-card round, would you be completely shocked if the Commanders went in there and no. won a football game by outscoring Minnesota? No, no, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. And here's why, because I want to get – I think they have to play a certain way for the team to win and to be uh, a thorn in the side of opponents. If they play the way they played against the Philadelphia Eagles, not because they won, but if they squat on the ball, meaning they're going to run the ball, they're going to drain the clock, they're going to take the play clock down to five seconds every time at a minimum, shorten the game and create pressure by holding onto the ball and minimizing the possessions that you have, yeah, it's a problem because they're playing to the strength of their team, which is their defense. If they play that way, yeah, I think they can be a problem. However, if they 
attempt to do something that they're not, where they're throwing the ball all over the yard, they're trying to be this dynamic offense. They're not built for that with the quarterbacks that they have. Carson Wentz might have played at MVP level years ago, but he's not that same guy. And so this needs to be a very conservative ball control offense where they run it with Brian Robinson and then take their shots down the field to the trio that you talked about. But I don't think they can get into a scoring match with some of the teams in the NFC. But that said, yeah, they certainly can win a game in the playoffs. Yeah, but it's not going to – like with with their defense, it shouldn't be a scoring matchup. And and maybe we're saying the same thing in in that aspect. But when you look at that trio of wide receivers, of all three of those guys, I mean, the the numbers – I, I mean, it's it's very – McLaurin is McLaurin. Over 1,000 yards this season. He's made big plays at the end of games. Help him win the Colts game. He's there. Samuel has emerged in his own. But now you have this extra Jahan Dotson. So, yeah, you don't, you don't have to play a 17-10 to 10 game. You can, you can win 24-17 to 17 and, and there's mm-hmm. enough there. I mean, they, they played the Vikings earlier this season – and I and, and maybe Minnesota's not the greatest example to use in describing on 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 the um, in in taking an example. The question may be like, how would they fare against the 49ers? Well, we found out last week. Or at least we found out how they would fare with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. They lost thirty-seven to twenty. But the way that the NFC is set up, you mentioned the win against the Eagles already. The close game that they had against Minnesota. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I, I, no, there's not going to be a run to the Super Bowl, but for them to get to where they want to be or to pull off an upset, I think it's very doable with Carson Wentz, and I think that's the point that is the not the shocking aspect of it, but maybe the surprising aspect of it that the pieces are there now. Carson Wentz just needs to do what they need him to do. Yeah, he is that does. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. He needs to be able to make. In these games in the postseason, Carson Wentz needs to come up with five or six plays a game that are, okay, big boy throws, big time plays, whatever that is, whether that's a thread in the needle, making sure that they move the chains on the first down, making a big time throw for a touchdown, scrambling and picking up a first down to extend the drive. He needs to make five or six plays um, that separate this team from the, the others. And then they need to play what I call a very controlled game running the football, getting the ball to the playmakers. Uh, Scott Turner having what we call like a hit sheet, meaning that, hey, here are the touches that I want to make sure that McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Dotson have. They need to finish the game with eight touches apiece or whatever that magic number is. When they play a control game that's very balanced and diverse and they're able to, as I say, squat on the ball, yeah, it's, it's tough because – what they're doing is they're minimizing the opportunity for their defense to get on the field. The defense is fresher, and they're going to make more plays. You want to create pressure on the opponent by the way that you play stylistically on offense. And if the commanders do that, then they can win because that's how they knocked off the Eagles. That's how I believe they have to knock off these other teams because those other teams, to me, have superior talent. Let me ask you this. If you were a playoff team in the NFC, and you had your pick, Commanders or Lions coming to town, who are you picking? I would actually take the Commanders because the Lions Really? Offense, yeah, the Lions offense can score, man. And when they get rolling, 
I mean, I know they're different when Bucky, they get hey, when they on. have you seen what Jerry Goff and those guys have I been have, doing? But they're that lighting defense, them up. Lighting that them defense up. is you can go through it like you know. I mean, you can hot knife and butter. Like it, it's it, it depends on the strength of your team, though. What if your offense isn't great? What if you're the New York Giants and you have a tough time scoring? You don't want to see the Lions come to town. Well, the Lions beat them. And right. Did you're beat the, them earlier this season. Right. You're the Minnesota Vikings, and you're living by a, a wing and a prayer. You don't want the Detroit Lions to come through there with Jerry Goff they throwing it up. They split this season. They did right. split. Right. See, like, so, so that's What about the I'm Packers? Getting... What about the Packers? Oh, they, they throttled the Packers early in the year, right? Throttled, drummed them. Like, the Packers couldn't even score on their that, that hapless defense that you talked sure, about. Sure, but would you rather face the Commanders or Packers in the playoffs? Would I rather face the Commanders or Packers? Um, I don't think the Packers are great, but you worry about the quarterback dusting it off one time. So in a one-game scenario, nah, I would rather face the Commanders than the Packers. Wow, you are just a Commanders hater. I'm not a hater, you but are, I'm saying, you are, I'm saying, you are, I'm saying you are a Aaron Commanders Rogers, hater. Aaron Rodgers in a 60-minute game is a bigger problem than dealing with Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke. I would rather deal with those quarterbacks because it comes down to quarterbacks. And so when you think about the quarterbacks, you rank them by the quarterback. They will go into the postseason with likely the worst quarterback or the second worst quarterback, depending upon Daniel Jones and whether the Giants are in or not. Because that's what you're looking at. You're not going to take Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones over Jerry Goff if he gets in. Like, you're not. I mean, maybe, like, you put Sam Donald in there, then you just throw it up. You know, you're throwing the baby mm-hmm. up and it doesn't matter. But they have one of the worst quarterbacks. And so when you're a team and you're looking at postseason matchups, you always opt for taking the worst quarterback. I've, yeah, that, that, that's, that could be fair. I feel like I'm in the, uh-huh. in the minority mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. – but I, but I do think that – I know that the commanders are – they're 0-2-1 in their last three outings. I know that's, that's not great. But again, just the pieces of and man, you know, it's, maybe I'm getting wrapped up in the Jahan Dotson stuff. But he does like it's been a play a week where you've been like, huh? You know, the play against uh, the Giants in New York. Um, he's made big plays throughout the season. It's not as uh, obviously as favorite of a target as Terry McLaurin is, but there's something to be hyped about. And then you just talk about the defensive front now with Chase Young back in the fold. I'm a little bit more bullish maybe on the commanders than, than everyone else, but Carson Wentz back under center uh, in D.C. It's about the only thing people can be uh, bullish about the commanders because usually it's 100% negativity on, in Washington with that organization. And until they are sold, that is going to be the, continue to be the case. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's Cavino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Bayer. He's Bucky Brooks sitting in today on this Wednesday. Brian Fenley will give us the latest coming up at the bottom of the hour. After that, we'll weigh in on the... Steve Wilkes versus Jeff Saturday comparison, because there's a lot more in common with those two than maybe you would realize. But now we head to South Florida, checking in on the situation that is the topic of conversation everywhere. And it really has been throughout the season, covering the NFL as a senior reporter for OutKick. has covered the league for a long time. Armando Salguero joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Armando, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Man, as the two turns, um, another situation uh, when it comes to the uh, Miami Dolphins, this time an undiagnosed concussion until Monday. Was, was this, John, uh, excuse me, was this um, Mike, McD- uh, Mike McDaniel figuring this out on his own? Did Tua have symptoms? How did this all work out in Miami, figuring out that Tua actually did suffer a concussion in that game on Christmas Day? So, obviously, we all saw the fourth quarter where he, Tua throws three interceptions. And it was, you know, eyebrow-raising, of course, uh, mm-hmm. on, on any level, because, obviously, he was supposed to, you know, he's their franchise quarterback. You want him to, to lead a touchdown-winning drive and, and, you know, roll off into the sunset. He has that uh, meltdown. Mike McDaniel said that he was watching tape Monday morning and that there were signs obvious to him that something was amiss and that they were serious signs and that it worried him. Tua goes to, you know, to see doctors. They, uh, they put him in the protocol, and today we get the confirmation that he didn't have he did in fact have his second concussion of the season they are not saying that he is out this week but let's face it folks he's out this week mm-hmm. and teddy bridgewater is going to be the starter for the miami dolphins against the new england patriots on sunday you know amando this this has to have like long term ramifications with the franchise because it's the third concussion in a year um, two is up for, you know, like the fifth year option to be picked up or not long-term extensions and all of that. <clears throat> if you're working in the front office right now for the Miami Dolphins, man, what's your plan? What's your plan for 2023 and going forward at the quarterback position? Yeah, it's, it's bad Bucky, because here's the situation in November, Tua was playing lights out. 
And before November, really, he was playing lights out, and there was talk of MVP and so forth. And so they took their first-round draft pick, and they used it in a trade for Bradley Chubb, ostensibly because they thought, we need a closer when we go up against guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Joe Burrow, because we're going to be in those games with our guy, Tua. The problem is, after that happened, you know, in the last month, the Dolphins went 0 for December. And Tua played poorly in December. He had one game against Los Angeles that he completed 35% of his passes. Uh, obviously, the three-interception game this week. So now you're thinking, well, if only we had that first-round draft pick for next year, we might – you know, we might be able to do something if we don't have a, sl- a strong feeling that Tua is really the guy going forward, except they don't have that first-round pick anymore. you got to remember, the fifth-year option, that is fully guaranteed for what? For injury. And so that's going to be something that they will have to discuss. And as far as an extension, you know, teams are, are investing a quarter of a billion dollars on their quarterbacks now. You know that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to make that investment with Joe Burrow next year. You know that the Los Angeles Chargers are going to make that investment with Justin Herbert next year. When Tua Tungavailoa looks around and sees that and sees that the Dolphins maybe aren't doing that with him, that's going to be a very interesting situation. Armando Salguero joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Cavino and Rich. Bucky and I talked about this a little bit earlier, and I'm still trying to figure it out because it is a four-game slide. It's a tough four-game slide. Like, I mean, you're on the road in Buffalo in a winter storm. You're in San Francisco, not the easiest of spots. But that was on the heels of a five-game win streak when they didn't really play anybody. How, how how good are the Dolphins, actually? They are right now sitting in that seventh spot in the AFC, but are they a good football team? Well, I think they're a good football team. I don't think that they are a championship-caliber football team by any means. Uh, you know, we have to understand what where they were last year and really the last couple of years. They fired Brian Flores after two winning seasons and granted they weren't playoff winning seasons they were you know 10 and 6 and 9 and 8 so there was that but right now they are on you know on an arc for the season to be around you know that kind of team 10 and 7 9 wins maybe we don't know uh it doesn't look like despite the fact that they've done a lot of work on the roster, they went out and got Tyreek Hill, who's been great, by the way. Jalen Waddell has developed. He's been great, by the way. But the offensive line, eh. And Bradley Chubb has two and a half sacks since he showed up. Not good. Uh, you know, the secondary's beat up. They're, they're okay. They're not... They're not a team that I would say we're going to be watching play late into January. You know, it's funny. I think one of the things that has been lost in dismissal of Brian Flores has been the impact that he had on the defense. 
Look, man, you can talk about how bad the offense was, but the defense played pretty well under his tutelage. When you look at the Dolphins, what does that defense look like now with Josh Boyer at the helm by himself? Right. So it the schematically it looks the same, uh, but production wise, it's night and day, Bucky. It's it, it's not the you know they don't have the same kind of discipline. They don't come with the same kind of energy. Um, they're not getting the same kind of play from a lot of the guys. Obviously, uh, they, they do have some injuries in the secondary. But uh, Byron Jones, by the way, hasn't played all year. And he's an $80 million cornerback. So uh, that hurts. But it, the idea of keeping Josh Boyer when Mike McDaniel showed up was, well, the defense is fixed. Let's go fix the offense. Well, the problem is the offense is better, but the defense ain't fixed. That's still still a big problem. And again, that first round pick that you can give up for Bradley Chip. There was a time, Armando, where the Dolphins had like first round picks flowing out of their ears. You know, it's it's crazy to think of. You know, you have the Tyreek Hill deal, then the Chubb deal, and then yeah, then the forfeited pick. It's it's it is pretty amazing how they got into this position where they are. Like, truly, because there was a time where they had all the draft capital in the world, it seemed like. Right. And now they have no first-round pick this year. <laughs> and, and, you know, and by the way, the NFL uh, announced that it is going to investigate the Dolphins for what has happened with the latest to a concussion situation. They already did, a, you know, an investigation of the Dolphins for the first to a concussion situation. And they did, in fact, have an investigation of the Dolphins for the tampering with Sean Payton, the tampering with Tom Brady, and the possible tanking of 2019. The Miami Dolphins lead the NFL in NFL investigations. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully the investigators can get all their Marriott points and know where to stay in, uh, in South Florida. Armando, we appreciate the time. We know it's busy. Happy New Year. Can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks so much. All right, guys. My pleasure. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. Thanks to Brian Fenley. You can get him on Twitter <laughs> at Brian Fenley. Uh, get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Now, you weren't with me yesterday. It was me and Aaron Torres. Mm-hmm. And this was a topic that we felt was was so good that we wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. And just to, just, just so you know. The the show, uh, the the opinion of this show, of this staff, that includes executive producer Jason Stewart, myself, and really the, the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio that airs uh, 3 to 5 Eastern time weekdays on Fox Sports Radio, because our technical producer, John Ramos, so disliked the Jeff Saturday hire, we kind of have gone overboard supporting Jeff Saturday and what he uh, mm. would do for the Colts. Mm-hmm. But now we've got a situation where Steve Wilkes in Carolina has got that team in contention to mm-hmm. win a division. And in the AFC South, there is still things that are up for grabs. And when Frank Reich was fired, they were 3-5-1. and one. To, to take away, I understand what Jim Ursay did, mm-hmm. but did the Colts punt too soon on the season? 
The message that was given by Indy was, you know, Jeff Saturday, come in there. We felt to kind of oversee things, see what needed to be changed, what didn't need to be changed. But not really a we've got the horses to go for it sort of thing. And when you look at the quarterback situation in both cities, you look at the star running backs that neither mm-hmm. of them have. There are a lot more similarities to the Colts and Panthers than I think we realized. Do you think that Jeff? Uh, do you think that Jim Ursay maybe should have not gone for it, but would this have been held against him in naming Jeff Saturday as head coach? Did he punt too soon on the season? Uh, the team wasn't getting better. The team was kind of stagnant, and you knew what was coming. Once they fired the offensive coordinator, you knew what was next when it came to Frank Wright. Uh, I think the thing about Jeff Saturday. The way that I would look at it, and I don't know if Jim Mercy has this kind of perspective. If Jeff Saturday is going to be his guy, right, and he believes that he's going to be his head coach, what this could have been is, A, I know he's never been a head coach before. How about I help him get some experience by letting him run the team the last half of the year? So now he has eight or nine games under his belt. He's now able to go into the offseason. We consult on what changes need to happen when it comes to the staff, style of play, all these other things. And then next year, we get an opportunity to see what Jeff Saturday looks like as a real head coach of the team. Now, I don't know if he has that kind of perspective because he went out of the box to do the interim coach thing. But in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe that's what he's doing. Because without experience, you can't develop an expertise. And so giving him the experience this half of the season is akin to letting him be a head coach for the preseason game. The preseason. I don't know if this team was going to be very good. Uh, after watching them, because I thought that Matt Ryan was going to play at an MVP level, and he didn't. And so they have to fix it. they got to fix a bunch of different things. They're not the team that we thought. And so I don't think he punted on the season too soon. I think he went with an unorthodox move that has made us just kind of question all of the things that he wants to do. Did you like – because some people were so against it. A lot of people were so against it. At the time – what was your feeling on the hire? Um, now, for disclosure, Jeff Saturday and I are Tar Heels. We sure. missed each other. I was leaving as he was coming in. But look, man, we're cool. We're friends and all that. Uh, I was excited for him. I wasn't offended by the fact that look, he went from TV to then being an NFL head coach because we see it in basketball. Saw Steve Kerr go from being mm-hmm. an analyst to a general manager to a head coach and all this other stuff. So it's not uncommon Chauncey Billings went from being a broadcaster to being the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers uh, after being a, an assistant for the Clippers maybe for a year. And so it's one of those things where you don't like it, I think, if you because it's different. But if you do go that route where you're going to make an unconventional hire, you have to give him an opportunity to be surrounded by experienced people who can help him along the way. Yeah, John Fox is there, Gus Bradley's there, and those things, but he still hasn't picked his own people. Um, I think in time, maybe it'll work. But shoot, man, we've seen Nathaniel Hackett had been in the league forever. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't work out. So I don't know why the outrage exists. There's no way of knowing how good a guy is going to be as a head coach until he becomes a head coach. I guess the, the, the final question that I will pose to you is this, because I think this is also magnified Jeff Saturday's position. Do you think a different interim head coach would have prevented them from blowing that lead against the Vikings or prevented the Cowboys from scoring, what, 33 points in a fourth quarter? Do you think like a, a different interim head coach would have prevented that? Would have prevented what, like the 33? 
Yeah, um, the, the Vikings game or just them getting embarrassed in the fourth quarter by the Cowboys? <laughs> uh, the fourth quarter in the Cowboys, like sometimes it just happens in games. I think the Minnesota yeah. Vikings thing was more of a, a, a case of you could see the inexperience kind of playing out. The management of the clock, the way you drain the game, you start draining the play clock, you try and limit the amount of total possessions in the second half. You can kind of anticipate some of those things by looking at the clock and the way that you play it. That's an inexperienced thing. I think that game was more on Saturday because he maybe could have helped the team out. But the Dallas game happens because the game was tight going into the fourth quarter, and then they just had a series of turnovers and blunders that just undermined the team's chances of winning. Um, it happens. It always falls on the, look, the, the, the feet of the head coach. But I felt like what he wanted to do, he just doesn't have the ability to do it because the team just is not good enough. The offensive line, for whatever reason, has just underperformed. And for him, being a former offensive lineman, a former Pro Bowl offensive lineman, I think that has to be the biggest disappointment, that he can't get the offensive line right. They don't have the level of technique and toughness to play the style that they want to play. They don't, but like they don't have Jonathan Taylor either. But that's where that's where the Steve Wilkes stuff comes in and is is – just pretty interesting. And that's just the reason why I bring up the conversation is because there are parallels between the two organizations. It's not exact replicas, but star running backs gone. They've played three different quarterbacks this year. A guy they brought in in the offseason ended up not working out to how they would have hoped. Um, You do have a, a, you know, a big weapon on the outside, whether it be I know they're not the same, DJ Moore and Michael Pittman Jr., but like there are parallels there. Shaq Leonard was hurt for the Colts. I just now when you see how the AFC South is playing out and how the Titans have faltered and, and the team that you cover, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. you know, right in the thick of it now and, and technically in first place in the AFC South. At three, five, and one at that time, you thought maybe the season was, you know, they needed a change, but I don't know if the season was lost, but it felt like that's how the Colts were maybe looking at it. Now, in hindsight, could have been a different story because if you win that Vikings game, yeah, you're you know six nine and one in you know sitting there near the Indianapolis Colts. Different story, but a, a very I just different. There's parallels. Yeah, no, I, I think it's different. The one thing I will say about Steve Wilkes, having talked to people that were been down there, having known him personally, uh, one of the things that he did, and he had the advantage of being able to. Well, Saturday did too. Steve Wilkes basically re-implemented the culture that existed for years under Ron Rivera, but he did it with his own twist. The mm. accountability, the um, level of performance and expectation and commitment, all of those things that existed, he put those things back into place. And because he was there with the team when they won a Super Bowl, he had instant credibility. And so some of those young guys that may or may not have been there, their ears perk up because... He's been there. He can say it as a with authority. Whereas Jeff Saturday, as a player, is just a little different. He's still trying to find his way, and the way they dropped him in is a little different. But I think um, Steve Wilson has done an outstanding job. I think Jeff Saturday, in given time, I think Jeff Saturday can be a solid head coach, but you have to have the right things around you to be able to do it. He coached in high school. I know people say, oh, high school doesn't matter, but I'm going to be honest with you, like, being a head coach at any level requires some of the same stuff to be successful. He can figure it out, and I can trust that he'll figure it out if given enough time, but he has to surround himself with the right people. 
He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer. It is Cavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio, live from the TireRack.com studios. I should correct myself. Colts would have been 5-9-1. and one. I gave him an extra win in all that. But still, that wouldn't be mathematically eliminated uh, from the postseason or from the division crown, even if that were the case. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Steve Wilkes is probably saying to his team right now, just how we drew it up. That next year on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Kavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Bucky Brooks sitting in on this Wednesday. Get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. You can also catch... Bucky on the NFL Network, on the Move the Sticks podcast. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Bucky, but the uh, NFL Network basically stealing the material of some of Fox Sports Radio's own. Oh, yeah. You know about this, Bucky? I did not know. What's happening? Executive producer Jason Stewart is here as well. And uh, this on the heels of the uh, chuckle hut that we heard from the Eagles press conference earlier in the day. (laughs) All of those reporters laughing at that Nick Sirianni joke, Jason. One of our favorites led us to uh, it was kind of a connection to an old favorite of Tom Brady and others in NFL press conferences this year. Yeah, kind of a pet peeve of mine is that when people on social media, Twitter, see a wild play in football nowadays, they'll just repurpose the video of the wild play and then they'll caption it just how they drew it up and they think it's the funniest thing ever. And then after a million people have done it, maybe you should stop doing it. Well, Tom Brady walked into a press conference a couple uh, weeks ago after the Bucks won a late game and he did this. Just like we drew it up. <laughs> just like we drew it up. How, just the <laughs> laughter. The laughter that that got was just so over the top. So I was thinking to myself, three days later, Sean McVay walked into the press conference after the Baker Mayfield thing and said the same thing, did not get as much of an uproar. And then uh, what's-his-face, Daniel Carlson, 
after the Chandler Jones play for the Raiders, he went on Twitter and said just how he drew it up, and he repurposed a video of the play. So Kyle Brandt, who is a colleague of Bucky's over at the NFL Network, Mm -hmm. went on the NFL Network one morning. I'm watching TV, and I see this. I want to tell you right now that there is a phrase, a joke, a refrain in what we do, our world of NFL and NFL media that I've just had enough of. I I can't take it anymore. And it's not that I'm him or he's him. It's not that. Um, LA Radio Luminary Jason Stewart and I have joked about this for years. I just want to get into it. We need to put an end to this. Something we do here. Oh, no, Jason! Guys, I can't take it anymore with the just how we drew it up. It is the most banal, safest, lamest joke. It is just like when uh, a quarterback throws the ball out of bounds and you see a trainer or even a fan makes an impressive catch, the announcer is mandated by state law to say what, Peter? Get him in the game! Sign him up! Get him in! Um, You go to to a restaurant and finish your dinner really quickly and the server comes back and you go, well, I hated it. That is just how we drew it up. You ever leave the house and then come back because you forgot something your dad says, well, that was fast. That is just how we drew it up. Do you ever go to a party in which you don't know a lot of people and you're introduced to six people at once and Someone says, there's going to be a test afterwards. <laughs> That's just how we drew it up. Guys, draw up a new joke, please. I, I, I understand it's got this sort of tame, primetime sitcom laugh track humor effect to it, and it's a go-to joke. I can't take it anymore with the just how we drew it up. It's not how you drew it up. This segment is not exactly how I thought I'd planned, but you know what? Just, just how, how we drew we- it up. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Uh, Jason did get his credit from Kyle in that. That was excellent. Thanks, to Kyle. LA Radio Luminary. Not too bad. That's a Twitter bio, uh, you know, line there for you, Jay Stu. Coming up on Cavino and Rich Live from the Tyrec.com studios, Russell Wilson spoke today, and so will Bucky. That's next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.